Before we start our episode, we would love to thank our newest sponsor, The Hook Dispensary in Santa Rosa, California. It is a legally licensed recreational and medical cannabis dispensary, and it's about the coolest one you will ever visit. And it is also owned by Eddie Alvarez, who happens to be our Santa Rosa City Councilman. Yes, Eddie's the coolest too. So thanks so much, Eddie. Shout out and thank you, The Hook. We appreciate your sponsorship and we hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome to the People Doing Good podcast. I am Mariah Volk. And I'm Jerry Robinson. If this is your first time tuning in, People Doing Good is all about sharing the stories of people doing positive things in their community. We want to make the world a better place by spreading positive news. So welcome to the show. Today we have two guests. We have Brian Clement and Elizabeth Smith, both amazing givers and doers in the world. Brian is the director of partnerships for Dovetail Learning, and Elizabeth has so many hats, I don't know where to begin, but she is a seroptimist. I believe she's a president of the Seroptimist Club of Sebastopol. She has her own nonprofit project, Whole Child, um, and she'll explain the rest. She does so much stuff, it's hard to keep up with that lady, but she's amazing and a friend of mine and a trustee on the Sebastopol Union School District Board. So today's episode is all about youth and helping the youth of our community during these difficult times of COVID. And we have two amazing people. Enjoy the conversation with Brian Clement and Elizabeth Smith. We have you both on the program today to discuss a topic that is very close to my heart. And I know Jerry's too. Jerry's the president of Shoes for Kids. And we both really feel strongly about connecting with and and helping our youth, especially during COVID and how things have really shifted in the world of, in in the world for everyone, but especially the little people that need us to look up to and support them. And you both do work along those lines. I wanted to first ask Brian, if you can explain to our listeners a little bit about the work that you do. Yeah. So, um, my formal title, I guess, is Director of Partnerships and Policies at Dovetail Learning, which is an educational nonprofit um, based out of Sonoma County um, in, in Katati, Sebastopol area. And we work and, and have developed a program uh, called We Are Resilient, which is a strength-based, trauma-informed uh, resilience program um, that really helps bring self-awareness and then move people into possibility. So we, we break things up into our patterns and our skills and uh, just have a wonderful team that's been in the world of social emotional learning for well over a decade. I myself am a former principal and teacher and uh, get to do work and sit on boards with Elizabeth here as well. Yeah, and Elizabeth, moving on to you, uh, let's let's start with Project Whole Child maybe. I know that our for our listeners, um, just so you know, so we serve together on the Sebastopol Union School District Board. We're trustees. So Elizabeth and I spend a lot of time together. Um, tell them a little bit about yourself because I know it all. 
<laughs> not all, yeah. not all. Maybe not. All. <laughs> um, well, I uh, Project Whole Child is a more of a concept where it is around community building and providing opportunities for families and children to connect with their community and um, and be together, strengthening and building up their communities. So most of my work is around providing trainings on the protective factors framework. And those are um, protective factors that buffer toxic stress and prevent, treat and heal adverse childhood experiences. And yeah, so that's predominantly the work that I, that I do. That's just one of many things we did. Elizabeth and I worked together on Peacetown in Sebastopol, the Peacetown family village, providing a happy and peaceful place for kids to play while their parents drink wine and beer and danced around among other things. Um, I have a little joy in the whole story. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. Always. So I wanted to ask you um, and, and, you know, whoever wants to go first, what brought you into a life of service? I always want to ask people on our show because our podcast really is all about people who are doing good in the world, who, who have that intention of living their life of service to others. And the motivation behind that is, is often different. Um, some, some have had uh, difficulties in childhood, that, that led to where they are now. And some just had a very supportive family and parents who were givers and teachers and gave back. And, and so I'd like to ask you both, why do you do what you do? I'll start. <laughs> um, you know, I, I don't know that I can pinpoint any one particular reason why I, I grew up in a very, um, from a very strong religious background. And I just always remember my mom being involved heavily in the, in the church and, um, coordinating lots of different things. And it, I just kind of picked up on that as well. I wrote a a newspaper for our young people. I served as a leader in our young people. I was in the choir. I worked in the nursery. Um, and then that just kind of carried on into adulthood. I just love working with people. And, um, now I have children. And I just want to surround them around being engaged in the community and um, because it feels good. And uh, so that's, that's why I do the work I do. It feels good. Yeah. And I love people. <laughs> yeah, I think that's, you know, I, that is the heart of it, right? People and the love. Um, and I think there's a famous quote that says, you know, work is love made visible. And for me, that happens with and through people. And similar to, to what Elizabeth mentioned, my, you know, my, my dad was an educator. My mom is a, a volunteer and, and cook and provider. Um, so it's always been in my background. Um, and then also, too, I, I don't underestimate what uh, impact seeing my dad work with uh, young people and be something in their lives if they didn't have it, especially as a, uh, a male educator, not a whole lot of folks uh, have always a, a father in the home. And so that was pretty influential and in, in to see how he could be not just there for me, but for a number of kiddos. So I did a lot of sports coming up and um, that's always been a vehicle through teams. And then ultimately in, in high school, uh, at Mern Catholic, you know, faith, knowledge, and service, right? We can't take any of this with us. So um, 
you know, there's sort of a more transcendent, deeper dimension of my service and, and wanting to help and connect and heal. Um, and I did that originally through teaching and through being a principal. Um, and now I have the honor of working and supporting healthcare, healthcare professionals, and those on the front lines um, doing the good work. So, you know, what, what you guys are doing is, is priceless because, you know, the way you guys grew up is, is, is we all grew up differently, put it that way, okay? And you go, you got to get a chance to see children that didn't have a mother or a father in the family, you know, whatever, you know, they're, they're growing up. Sometimes they don't have a mother, sometimes they don't have a dad, whatever that situation is. And to be able to, to, to be around those kids and recognize what they need from what you received as young kids and your family, uh, it makes a big difference because uh, I would assume that once you recognize a child that's, that, that has been missing something in their life, so to speak, okay, guidance or leadership or religion, whatever it may be, and to be able to work with one of these young kids and to see them grow, it has to be an unbelievable feeling to see these young kids grow and uh, their lives change, I would think. Yeah. I mean, that, that's one thing I miss about building level supports is, you know, these young people uh, and, and the people that they become, you know, that's often the story that the, the squirreliest kids mm -hmm. and the kids that seem to be needing the most support and, and when they come out and thrive. And um, I think one thing that was interesting to me, too, growing up in the context of Marin is we, you know, we grew up in apartment complexes. And so all this service that my dad was doing was also as we were managing apartments, living in the canal and, you know, seeing the difference between sort of privilege and not and and I think that's a big dimension of the backdrop. Um, and my, my grandmother's from the Philippines, and, you know, worked hard. And, you know, so it's just all a way to kind of pay it back forward and kind of come full circle. So it's just an honor to serve. And I get to meet people like Elizabeth and the folks that come to our meetings at Pace's Connection. And that's inspiring, too. It's, it's generative. And I'm here with you guys. So obviously something's working out. <laughs> We're all on the same team. You know, I, I was actually reading something today. Um, from the Kyler, Kaiser Family Foundation, a recent study says four in 10 adults have reported symptoms of anxiety or depression, and that's four times, four times, a fourfold increase since uh, prior to COVID. So we talk about helping the kids and, you know, as adults, we're dealing with this collective trauma as well. And how, how do we center ourselves and, and create that safe place to provide for the kids when we're also dealing with the stress. Um, I wanted to ask each of you, what are your, I know when I called you this morning, Elizabeth, you had just finished meditating. So for example, that's, that's a tool that you use to keep yourself grounded and centered. So you can be a helper. Um, can you both tell us your, your techniques to keep yourself sane during the madness? The tools that I have learned have definitely stemmed from trauma and being exposed to all these different tools and, and vehicles that help me to, to heal and really ground me. And, um, so what, what I like to do is journal. That is a really great way for me to get my thoughts out, especially when they're racing really fast and I'm having a hard time letting, setting things down when I'm able to journal them and, um, and bring things together. That really helps me. I do meditate. I also kind of cheat because I have an app called insight timer. 
And it will either give me guided meditations or it'll, it'll set the time for me. So like today I only was able to get in seven minutes. So it dings for me. And then it dings for me again when I'm done with my seven minutes. So meditation really helps exercise. You know, that sounds really cliche, but it's so true. Exercise really, really, really does help me going to the beach, going for walks. She has a Peloton, y'all. She likes the Peloton. I know that. (laughs) I wasn't going to say that, but shout out Peloton. Peloton. Hey, maybe Peloton will sponsor the podcast. (laughs) You should probably toss it out there to the universe, right? Hey, Peloton. Yep. (laughs) Journaling, listening to music and dancing. I already said journaling, but um, dancing and music. Those are two really, really big uh, ways for me to move around the stress and the tension and, and, um, cleanse my, my vibe. Lots of sage as well. Nice. Me too. See, lots, lots of sage. <laughs> lots of sage burning. <laughs> yeah. What about you, Brian? Um, you know, of the practices she named journaling has been a longstanding one for my in- introspection. Um, but you kind of mentioned the onset of COVID and, and kind of keeping my own um, balance. And I think part of the backdrop of my story too, is I, got, I have three kiddos, 11, seven, and six. So it's, it's been uh, cozy here. And, um, and I think two, two practices and, you know, I'll, I'll reference kind of our work. Um, one skill that I've worked on during this time is called noticing myself, really taking an inventory of what's going on internally. Uh, my feelings, thoughts, and emotions. Uh, a vehicle for that is journaling, but it's from that place that I can make a, a decision about what's going on um, internally. And one of the other skills I, I've worked on tremendously is called letting go, right? The skill of letting go and really the distinction between what is and out is or is not in my control. Um, and with the onset of COVID, that was one of those ones that I needed to really kind of look into because <laughs> me being off center, right? I personally need to be centered in order to be of support for the kids. So in, in service to one of your bigger questions that we talked about is the way I can serve my kiddos is being my best whole self. And that sometimes is counterintuitive to take time in with oneself to do the exercise and, and take the steps one needs. But in terms of a, a mental hack, a trick, uh, making the distinction about what's in my control and not the letting go skill and noticing myself have been uh, two practices that I've really uh, kicked up during the COVID times. And, um, and then also the skill of breathing mindfully, actually working on a breathing practice so I can access it just like practice, Jerry, right? I can't, I can't <laughs> access the skill if I don't practice it in advance. And um, a colleague of mine, Christy at Dovetail Learning talks about practice makes better. You know, this is the way in which um, I can access the skill of breathing which can control my autonomic nervous system, my stress physiology that might be kicking up. Um, so that combination, noting myself and, and breathing mindfully with a morning routine or practice that allows me to see the benefits of it. So I can, I can get it when my kids get turned up, right? I can, okay, I'm going to be the best version of dad today. Not, not, not let them have it. So, <laughs> and that's work. It's not easy. And, and uh, it's all theory sometimes, but yeah, we all have kids. Jerry's got a couple of daughters. Yeah, so you know what, Brian? I, I'm telling you, man, we need to be in touch, man, because what <laughs> you're saying, I'm I'm listening to you, and I'm really truly loving it because as I've gotten older and also dealing 
with the pandemic and everything and a lot of different things going on, I am trying to get better at letting things go, mm. what really matters. And you brought that up and it's, it's been hard for me. You know how, you know how, how it is when you when you're playing sports or, or whatever you're doing whatever I just use sports because that's what I was doing but yeah. when you're doing things it's like you know after after this podcast right here or after an interview or after even doing the tv interview whatever I mean I have a hard time watching myself because I'm so critical mm. you know and I don't want to let go of this and let go of that and I'm telling you my man you just hit it right on the head here I'm on and I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get better at it, you know, and, <laughs> and, and, and you're talking and you're talking about the breathing and the practicing and this up, my man, you need, I, hey, I'm going to send you my my email and we need to be in touch because, you know, I try to work on being a better me every day, too, you know, and the way I deal with it when in the morning is I actually get on my knees and just become very grateful and have an attitude mm. of gratitude for every everything, yes. every yes. situation. So, mm -hmm. you know, this has really been a therapy session for me today. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> but no, I like that. So, yeah. Brian, we're going hey, to be in touch, man, because you're hitting on some things that, that, that are really close to you. So, Mariah, what do you do? How are you handling this? Well, for me, meditation, absolutely. Um, exercise. I can't really run like I used to because I've got a little bit of a neck issue that doesn't allow me to run, which really used to be therapy for me, but I have my own little outdoor gym here where I see my clients. So I've got an elliptical, a treadmill, a bike. I do my own little fitness circuits. Um, and music for me is another one just to get lost in, in some sort of like, I love all kinds of music. So depending on the mood or what kind of mindset I want to get into, like, is it Billy Joel or is it sublime or is it Ani DeFranco? I mean, it's all over the place, but yeah, just, I have so many different tools that I use and depending on the scenario, you know, I'll, I'll pull one out, but you know what I was thinking about Jerry, how, and, and Jerry and I interviewed Ronnie Lott a couple of times. Are you familiar with Ronnie Lott? Um, all right. Yes. Do you happen to know who? A, yeah, who just is? just that old chestnut there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So and Ronnie said something that really stuck with me. And he said, Ronnie Lott, by the way, a pit bull on the football field. He played with Jerry uh, on the L.A. Raiders. He actually asked if he could have his locker next to Jerry because he there loved him so much. Um, but Ronnie said as athletes and as people. Well, we're all about mastering a moment. Yeah. And if you really break that down and think about that, like on the football field, for example, in this moment, this is where this guy is. This is what's coming at you. This is what the weather's like. This is where the momentum lies. And that's in life situations too. I pull that one out all the time. I just think that's so brilliant. You're lucky to have a friend like, like that, Jerry. He's a really neat guy. He's, well, he's, a, friend of, he's a friend of yours too. So yeah, yeah. We, we all are, you know, I, you know what? Uh, speaking about Ronnie, you know, Ronnie has influenced a lot of people. I mean, there's no limits to the to, to where he has, uh, where he can go. And people listen to him because, you know, you look at this man that that, that loved the game of, of football so much that he's playing in the game and his finger gets banged up. His finger gets badly just crushed or whatever. So what is, the doctor says, okay, Ronnie, I'll tell you what we can do. If we operate on this, we can operate on this. And the doctor Ronnie said, how long will it be if I'm out, if I'm operating on it? The doctor said, oh, a couple of weeks. It was leading up to some playoffs or something like that. And Ronnie said, well, what else can we do? The doctor said, or oh, we can amputate it. Ronnie said, just cut it off. 
So the man has a finger. There's, there's one finger shorter than the rest of them, you know, and, oh. and that's the type of guy he is. And, and when Ronnie speaks, he, he is not just about football. It's about life. He's got a lot of experiences that, that, that he's been through. And <clears throat> I love him to death. I'm going to stop talking about Ronnie because I can go on and on. And, and, you know, but but anyway, he is one of those people that uh, I'm listening to Brian talk right now. I mean, he like I said, Brian hit on some things that I've been dealing with for over 60 some years of my life. You know, I'll be 65 in December. And these things about breathing and letting go. And that's what. You know, since you brought up Ronnie, that's what Ronnie gets into those different types of things. And uh, it's really special. What, what uh, Ronnie was talking about there is just being fully present, you know, and, and I think mm-hmm. of that quote, you know, tomorrow is a mystery. Yesterday is history. Today, this moment is a gift. That's why they call it the present. You know, that kind of uh, dimension of being fully present and not getting pulled or pushed off center. Um, and, and Jerry, you mentioned, too, that self self-critic. And in some of our work, uh, the way we, you know, uh, Elizabeth mentioned the term protective factors, which is sort of an environmental dimension of um, safety and security. But within our program, um, we talk about protective patterns, the things that we do um, to, to create safety in our lives. A lot of that is part of our personal story, our personal journeys, but how those reactivities um can, can work against us, though we need to honor them because, you know, thankfully we have them. They kept us safe. They, they're these things. So really kind of negotiating internally what what is going on. Am I attacking myself? I hear you kind of being self-critical, Jerry, and some of your playbacks or whatever it looks like, and then not being able to let that go. But, you know, there's dimensions of sort of self-awareness that allow us then to be fully present and, and let come what what is, you know, and, and move into, like we say, possibility through that. Yes. Um, with regards to dovetail learning, I wanted to just offer up um, anyone listening to the podcast right now mm-hmm. that would be interested in learning more or supporting the program. Uh, where would you direct them? Yeah, our website, www.dovetaillearning, all one word, dot org. And, you know, what I appreciate about our, our team and the, and, the, and the companies that we're leading with our values. So, um, it's been a tremendous honor to, to co-author this program that is an open educational resource. Um, and so we have a tremendous amount of resources for educators, families, um, and healthcare providers uh, that are free and downloadable and accessible, as well as our resilient circles, which um, is a place and space to, to find support and coaching. Um, and, you know, we think mental health and wellness needs to be accessible for all, right? So that's part of us uh, offering it up. And we invite everyone listening to, to take it, interpret it, um, and apply it to your context in your life in a way that works. Because we know we don't have all the answers, but together we can, we can find a way forward. And you mentioned tools, Mariah, right? We all can pick and pull and find our own recipe for personal success. And we've taken a lot of research and, and tried to present them in a way that hopefully is accessible to, to most people. All right. Well, check it out if you're listening. And Elizabeth, what about, do you have any projects coming up or um, where would you send someone if they wanted to learn more about the work that you're doing or Project Whole Child? Doing more work around just trying to bring people together that are doing similar work around um, buffering the toxic stress, bringing together resources and preventing child abuse and neglect and, and helping to heal those that have experienced that. So I think that would really fall more under the Sonoma County ACEs connection role. 
And um, so we have monthly meetings uh, the fourth Thursday of the month from three to four. And they can um, join our online platform where they can access um, our calendar that has different meetings and um, trainings and webinars and also blogs and resources and lots of really great information. And that would be www.pacesconnection.com forward slash Sonoma County. They can also reach out to me at Elizabeth at projectholdchild.com and I can walk them through the process of getting on to Sonoma County ACES Connection platform. And you're also a Seroptimist. I actually was, I had the pleasure of watching you march in the Apple Blossom Parade in a superhero costume. Do you want to share a little <laughs> bit with our listeners about that hat that you wear? Yeah, that was super fun. I kind of uh, confused a little a little girl. So I teach yoga at one of our local preschools, teaching the kids, you know, breathing and self-regulation and things like that. And I saw one of the kids in the parade and I was waving at her and she was so excited. She was waving back at me. And then I saw her for yoga and I said, "Did you do you remember seeing me? She's like, I think, I don't know. I, so I think I gave away, I told her I, didn't know that I was a superhero, did you? That really made her, uh, really made her happy. So that was a really fun event to get to be a part of. So um, earlier in this year, I was asked to take part in um, a new group that Sebastopol has. It's a new coalition, rather. It's called Sebastopol Service in Action. And so the idea is that the service clubs that service um, Sebastopol and surrounding County, so West County, um, we came together and um, we are trying to bring more awareness together around the benefits of community service and volunteering and um, also awareness of all of our clubs and working collaboratively on different projects. So Apple Blossom was one of them. So um, Rotary invited us to join their float. And so we got to hold signs that um, as superheroes that said superheroes, um, uh, combat, what was it? So superheroes, combat, mental um, health, I mental saw. health and addiction and things like that. So it was really cool. We all got came together and we passed out um, literature with our, all of our club information and volunteer opportunities and just got to wave at people and normalize being in person and waving and smiling. And, you know, um, it was really fun, really, really cool. Yeah. And little did everyone know that here I'm holding this sign that said superheroes support mental health. Meanwhile, I'm supporting my own mental health just by being in the community and knowing that, um, you know, it was making people smile to, to watch the parade. It made me smile and it was misty. It was raining. And, you know, I want to share with you about the coalition. I uh, just got inducted into the Rotary of Sebastopol last Friday. So I'm going to be involved in working together with you and all the service clubs. And I love that as a concept, all of the clubs really bridging the gap and joining as one, like, you know, grabbing onto each other's hands and creating this beautiful world. Right. Isn't that what we're all trying to do? Yeah, our, our, our mission is creating a, kind, a world of kind, connected human beings. That's right. Yeah. You know, I want to say something. I'm, I'm a, imagine this. Uh, people that are listening, I mean, 
imagine if, if you were driving around town in your hometown, you're just riding around and it seemed like everywhere you went, every intersection, every lamp post or light post or, or whatever it may be. And there was a, a, a poster of you plastered all over the entire city being honored, <laughs> being honored for the work that you have done, the good things that you have done. I mean, that has never happened to me. <laughs> but it has happened to Elizabeth mm. while in Sebastopol. I mean, I was driving around Sebastopol and uh, for the whole month, I don't know what month it was, but everywhere I turned around, there she was being honored for the work that, for the work that she has done. And I just think it's freaking unbelievably it's awesome. It, it really yeah. is. So I just want people to know who, you know, that other female voice you listen to, she's been plastered all over this all over the city of Sebastopol. And that's, you know, it was just, it made me feel really good because I know you. And, you know, I almost ran through a couple of lights just looking up <laughs> at your poster. But anyway, you know, that's, uh, that's the person that everybody's listening to right now. <laughs> it was the bendy I had in the center. It was drawn in, Jerry. Well, okay. <laughs> uh, to yeah. just to extend that, you know, appreciation for Elizabeth stepping up and in, in, in this role um, that she's, providing as a convener um, for folks like me. Um, and I think that's a good example of, it takes work to do to do good things. And, and uh, I super appreciate all the time and energy it takes to even host and, and get ahead of it and do all the work. So um, yeah, it's been a fun, it's been a fun run and more to come. And my, my company appreciated all the work you guys did um, with the, that Peacetown initiative. And so lot of, lots, of, lots of good synergies there. We had you know almost what, it, it, 30 organizations take part in that. Yes. Wow! People that you. support that, mental that, health and address children and families. That's but that that's you. You but the smile and the, and the energy. I mean, the excitement that you bring. I just love it. And Brian, listen, man. Hey, if there's anything that I could do, just be in touch, man. You know, if I could be of some type of help, please let me know, man. Because, yeah, and I'd lo you, you know, know love to continue to share, especially uh, as men. Um, you know, some of the things that I'm working through, the benefits of athletes and things that worked in some of the other constructs that come with, you know, being tough. One for me, letting go was also a counter narrative to what I had heard. You know, you're going to let that, you're going to go with the disrespect. So there's also an unlearning in the process too, uh, as we learn more. So uh, I look forward to that. Well, I need all the help I can get, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you both so much. And, and for our listeners, one last thing, this was a last minute decision. We had someone slip out on us that we were going to be interviewing today and I had gotten a text from Brian uh, with the shoes for kids request. And I just thought, oh, Brian, you want to be on a podcast in a few hours? And it was a yes. So thanks for um, flying by the seat of your pants with us here. We appreciate it. And I'm getting um, all 40 of those preschoolers a pair of new shoes. Oh, thank you. I know that will be deeply, deeply appreciated. Yeah, I'm thanks for all that work that you guys are doing. Really putting it, putting it out there. Concrete tangible, basic needs. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. And um, we hope to have you guys back on the podcast another time to continue talking about the work that you're doing as things evolve and change in the world. And um, we, we want to check back in with you and see what you're up to. Of course. Thank you. What'd you think about this conversation, Jer? I truly enjoyed it. It was helpful and beneficial for me. Uh, you know, Brian and Elizabeth, both of them do tremendous work in a lot of different areas that we all need. 
they, they need. And especially when it comes to kids, start talking about young kids that have been uh, in different environments and growing up different types of ways, whatever it may be, the tools that they have and the things that they're able to give to help people out is amazing. So I, I, I truly enjoyed it. And like I said, I am going to be in touch with Brian for sure because he's touched on a couple of things that have been bothering me or been it's been on my mind something I've been things I've had to struggle with you know with letting go I mean he hit that nerve with me and uh and, and we all need to learn a lot of different things to do but for me he hit that spot and uh I think a lot of people can benefit I know they can from that and Elizabeth's just remarkable lady <laughs> she's amazing and now for words from Mr. Robinson's neighborhood. Today's words from Mr. Robinson's neighborhood. If you don't make time for your wellness, you will be forced to make time for your illness. Thank you for listening to this episode of the People Doing Good podcast. Back at you next week. The People Doing Good podcast is brought to you by Shoes for Kids. For more info, visit shoesforkids.com. It is created and hosted by Mariah Volk and Jerry Robinson. Produced and edited by Charlene Goto of Goto Productions. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe, rate, and comment wherever you get your podcast media. Follow on social media at One Good Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Email us at peopledoinggoodpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time.